When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Mayfair Witches Episode 7. Tessa is over, but we're just getting started here on Post Show Recaps. My name is Grace. I'm here with my co-host, Philly. Philly, how you doing? I'm good. It's a little smoky in here from this bonfire I lit in my living room, Grace, but otherwise I'm doing okay. So smoky. I do love that last week I was like, the way they check for witches is uh, completely unreasonable. And Tessa's just like, it's completely unreasonable for me to be able to prove whether or not I'm a witch. I was like, Hashtag confirmed. You are yeah. correct. That's yeah. right. Uh, the witch testing methods have not evolved much in the centuries of time. Yeah. Two options. Mm-hmm. Would you like to be drowned or be burned mm-hmm. at the stake? Yeah. Um, Rich, uh, we were talking before, uh, you know, I feel like uh, there's a little bit of energy of like, you know, the like, what do you think? You're waiting for the other person to be like, yeah, I don't really like it that much. Uh, so you could be like, okay, thank God. Like, I didn't really like it either. Uh, and then we navigate how to uh, be polite about that on a podcast. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, and I think I, I think we may have a little bit of a difference here. I actually thought this episode uh, was not bad uh i thought it was better than maybe it had been and i again i think that this show is doing this thing 
That's very interesting. I don't know. And maybe this is just what happens with TV shows that you know you're going to keep watching. I feel like early on, I don't know whether it was us being trying to be an optimist and trying to give the show some credit, but I kept saying, like, you know, I didn't love it, but there is stuff I'm excited by. Mm -hmm. And I thought that, like, this episode had a lot of that, where I was like, you know, this is fine. This is certainly, there's many nits to pick. But on the, on the, on the whole, I was kind of like, maybe I'm kind of excited for the finale to see if, like, Maybe it all comes together in the season finale, Rich. And and I should note, the season finale, not the series finale, because as you pointed out to me, this is a show that has been renewed for season two. Uh, already got renewed in early February. So very yeah, exciting. Season two of Mayfair Rich is confirmed. Uh, we do not have confirmation on season two of Interview yet. We had just kind of checked as we were firing up. And so for me, uh, I, did, I do appreciate a lot of what we got to this episode but i think somewhere in that like middle section of like kind of three four or five i lost my enthusiasm to a degree the stuff that i really was excited to get to we are finally getting to but i feel like it's not executing for me it's not achieving the results that it's looking for and making me feel things or feel invested or feel like a response to what's happening with the characters i just feel a little like untethered from a lot of the folks that have come to the forefront uh, to the point the episode's name is Tessa right uh, it's such like a kind of central story around her and I just feel like she's so underdeveloped and is like playing the role of MacGuffin in Mayfair which is episode 7 which is a little frustrating to me and I had articulated to you that like um, there's a little bit of me knowing once I, I heard the series was confirmed picked up for a season 2 going like gosh it's unfathomable to me the TV landscape of what gets past and what gets picked up and I think that it has to do with kind of exposure and the silos of the streaming services all that being said uh this episode hit some like big true blood vibes for me in good ways where mm. uh like things are happening at least right all of these like conflicts that we have been building up for seven episodes at least are all like crashing into one another and we're getting yeah. a little bit of resolution on where these stories are going so mm -hmm. i'm curious to see what episode eight looks like i certainly don't hate this show by any means i've been having fun with it but there was a little bit of hate watching maybe happening this week grace as i was like am i just hey. a cantankerous old Man, did I have a bad weekend? What's going on here? Maybe I think the two of us were both sick, so I don't know if this was uh, necessarily. I... I don't. Yeah, if this was like the spoonful of sugar to help the medicine go down, I, I don't think so. Uh, I both had, you know. Yeah, I did, but I yeah. Again, I didn't mind it. Let's let's talk through it. Uh, just a reminder: postsherecups.com slash Mayfair, which is to be subscribed to our podcast feed. Uh, so Cyprian is stuck in Scotland. Uh, and it's just like a mess. It's just uh, Lasher and, uh, and 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 Suzanne hanging out because everybody else uh, is dead. Uh, the town is in shambles, Rich. Yeah. yeah, it's a bad scene. This like dreamscape, this memory is devastated. It's quite an apocalypse. Um, so um, broken record, right? But this is the stuff that, that worked for me more than a lot of the rest. I really love, we've been talking all season about digging the flashbacks, which have turned uh -huh. into this kind of memoryscape. This is an interesting way to get here. Uh, it seems like obvious in retrospect that the guy who can like see the memories and objects yeah. would like be the yeah. person the through line into the, the memory storyline. But I love sure. the kind of confrontation between him and Lasher and him kind of like fumbling through it and all the other side of it of like his kind of agent within the Talamasca trying to extract him from within this dream. Uh, this stuff was all pretty compelling for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's interesting. I mean, it's a little like uh, for the witch show. I'm like, two dudes hanging in the cabin 
like, okay, oh, yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, but whatever. Talking um, about um, the plight yeah. of our protagonist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so Rowan is going to get a surprise. She, the visions that she's able to see into, you know, people's bodies and, and cause them, uh, you know, to, to have aneurysms and things like this. Uh, she's going to realize uh, in her own body, she has a little baby. There is a baby inside of her, uh, Rich. She's pregnant. Indeed. Did you see this coming, Grace? It feels obvious in retrospect, I guess, but like I was a little like, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I, I think I, yeah, I, I don't think I saw it coming. I think I maybe should have to the point of like, uh, there are like uh, many uh, scenes where they're like, you know, having sex. It, it literally, it's like the point of like Lasher with Deidre, Deirdre earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deirdre? Yeah, Deirdre earlier. Is to have Rowan essentially. So mm-hmm. yeah, probably should have seen that the show about the continuing matriarchal line might involve our main character having a baby. So I they guess just, I should have seen it coming. Yeah. That's how I felt, right? They telegraphed so much the kind of lineage, Lasher's whole kind of connection uh to like propagating this this bloodline of Mayfair witches and all of yeah. it. And it feels in retrospect like, oh yeah, of course. But I was a little like Gosh, uh, given that we're at episode seven, like, and and part of the frustration that I have felt is like, let's get the show on the road. Like, when are we going to yeah. activate our kind of story components here? It feels a little bit like kind of thin and unearned, Grace, dare I say, which like these two things feel like such contradictions. And for both, for me to be feeling both that at the same time is like, a, I guess, a frustrating experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, we also have Tessa is in this cage. Uh, she's been locked up by this political political extremist Arlo Whittle um, after they kidnapped her in the woods, after she tried to uh, uh, use her witch power to get the heart and it failed. Uh, so so she's in she's in a cage. Um, she just sort of like flirt with this guy, uh, to, but uh, he snaps. She just used her power, her glamour power. Um, was this confusing to you? Were, were you? So part of this episode is essentially like, yeah, the transfer ceremony definitely didn't work. Uh, it does not work. Rowan is still like everybody is like that didn't work. Uh, we have um, uh, Cortland being like, you got you got caught last year. Tessa's in trouble. Uh, Tessa's like, do, like she doesn't. She seemingly does not have new powers. Uh, mm-hmm. All she can do is glamour. Um, uh, this like uh, the like guy who had the heart in the first place, and and once like somebody calls his name, he's like snaps out of it and breaks out of it and realizes he was being he was being glamored. Um, again, I, I do feel like one of the things about the show is that I feel like the ideas could work if they were a little bit better explained. So mm-hmm. like I feel like I came out of last week's episode being like, oh yeah, Tessa's in church and, and Lash is gonna figure out how to kill her. And then mm-hmm. we find out it's like, no, actually the whole thing just didn't work. <laughs> I thought they were very powerful witches who knew how to do this then. What was happening? So that was a little confused by this, like, the glamour scene. Yeah, all of the ambiguity around did it work, didn't it work was, um, again, like made for this kind of frustrating viewing experience for me where I'm watching like, but wait, what is going on? I have no clarity. I don't understand. I understand the stakes, right? This is life and death for Tessa that she needs to like get out of the cage. And and the whole kind of framing of the scene was a bit much for me. But as she's like making this appeal, I really was kind of surprised that that's the resolution of like, nah, it just didn't work. Uh, we're not even really going to put anything there like i feel like lasher is clearly this kind of menacing antagonist but we haven't really traded on that enough for me like i expected some kind of interaction here um something to clarify but i'm with you in that i think it was intentional ambiguity that did not like serve the greater points of the story 
It's very interesting. I I do wonder if how the show is re is working for book readers mm-hmm. because there's a little bit of like that. I'm feeling like I wonder if you've read the book. If you're like that makes sense, you know. Yeah, if you have the context <laughs> that we don't, and it's all yeah. like clocking on a much better level. Yeah. Yeah, which is one of those things. Like with interview, like uh, you had read the book a long time ago. I decided to start reading it. It's like yeah, I think that there's like ways in which like I think like some people like House of the Dragon. They're like I'm very confused, and as a book reader, I was like, no, that was that was really cool. And you're like, yes. how would I know that's cool if I haven't read the book? Uh, uh, you know, so maybe that's happening with the show because I do feel like it's like, of course, the ceremony didn't work. And I'm like, how am I possibly to know that didn't work? Uh, so um, I spent so yeah. much time talking about book adaptations this year yeah. in terms of the shows yeah. that we were covering around here. And yeah. some of them I thought did a great job really like separating themselves from the source material. A show like Sandman, like you can yeah. enjoy it more yeah. if you know the story. But I think that they did a great job communicating everything they needed to within their episodes. Right. And, yeah. and interview, obviously, and but then I looked like his dark materials, which was a show that I really loved. And there was a lot of kind of fan service wink and nods to the stuff that was like fun. But I, there also was this experience that you and I are talking about. I think that I loved his dark materials, but if I can take a knock at it, it's that some of these ideas were not well articulated within the 40 minute runtime of their episode. Right. And you did have to kind of enter with this like greater knowledge from the source material. So I do wonder how much is getting lost in translation for us here. Um, these are the elements. I don't know everything that was happening in the warehouse scene with Tessa. It did bring me back to the days of true blood. And there's like a campiness to the way it's all being played and this overt kind of mustache twirling to all of our villains that like we've got a half a dozen people that are like totally ready to set this warehouse on fire, burn a human being alive, like very excited about it. And this is kind of insane reality to accept grace, but um, I, yeah, I no, I, I agree. I just think that like, this could have been kind of like interesting early on. The fact that like mm-hmm. we're in the penultimate episode and we're dealing with like the incel uh, uh, women are bad uh, people. I'm like, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Come yeah, on. Like the cheeky torches. I don't even very- know their names. I don't even really know. The, the I don't know the incels guy's name. And I only know that that guy's name is Arlo's because I wrote it down. But like, yep. I don't think yep. I have any con- for like to know anybody else's name. Um, speaking of like people who just kind of are here now uh rowan goes to tessa's house and speaks with her mom alicia Mm -hmm. and um it's like it's so weird that you haven't left like why did you do this and and so um there's like all of this uh stuff in the in the in the house there's like uh flower petals in the in the lava cake it looks like a date and uh tessa's younger sister uh uh chats with rowan um and they can't find Tessa. Like, this is so weird. Uh, uh, and um, Rowan is a really adamant about finding Tessa um, and finds it weird that, like, nobody, like, Alicia really doesn't want Rowan involved. Like, this, like, betrayal of you, how dare you give up this Mayfair witch's power? And I just thought that this was, I was like, where are all these people come? Where, again, we're episode seven, and we have these, like, you know, the, the full on witch, and the idea that, like, they all participated in the ceremony. So now the fact that they're all like, how dare, how dare you want to be part of our family? How dare you not leave back to San Francisco immediately? I was like, this is all, I don't know. I feel like they're missing beats in this. Like, couldn't have any of this I, been set up sooner? 
I'm with you. This is where my issue is, right? I talked about it a little bit last time after we got out of the seance of like, where have all these people been? I have no <laughs> emotional connection to like any of them. I'm completely untethered. I feel like we spent so much time early on in those first two episodes, like establishing Rowan's life and the houseboat and the kind of like the laissez-faire attitude with her relationships and everything with like, oops, I keep accidentally killing my very chauvinistic bosses and all of it. Um, and we didn't establish any kind of relationship with these people right and i'm who am i to like sit here and be like you need to follow the formula of storytelling you need to like uh, cross your t's and dot your eyes but well, i think that it is it is proven um now that we're in the back half that it, it they, they just didn't thread the needle well here right there's like a lot of characters that are involved that it's really confusing it makes it like harder for me to track what is their relationship what's the connectivity who are all these people in the room grace like it's it's a real issue for me and then i think that like you talk about the scene of her coming to the house and the lava cake and the rose petals and the little sister and like this is all very feel like feels like artistically shot and mm -hmm. kind of highbrow but also mm -hmm. like what's going on here like know. is there any kind of metaphor or illusion she picks up the rose petal and kind of tears it and i'm like is that supposed to be indicative that the rose petals are not real that it's paper that all of this is an illusion like what am i supposed to be taking from this i'm just not sure and it feels like it's reaching for things that it never ends up grabbing off the shelf and like showing to us that like there are all these kind of like gestures and motions that do not play through to their conclusion and i and i'm just left like uncertain how to feel about some of this stuff well so the stuff being yeah i i, I guess my read of this is that like the, you know when when she's telling like rowan like how did like you know you don't want to be like why don't you go back to san francisco and that like a, you know later when they're going to she's going to be so concerned about the fact that tess is missing and they're you know it's like you know you just did you you were just trying to use the the mayfair family or whatever so i guess the thing here that like alicia is very i guess happy that tessa is like bound to and is like it's like some sort of like well i i mean to the point that like she's pregnant is the thing like is this like is alicia trying to do assuming that the ceremony worked is trying to do what like Cortland did for deidre all these of like but like not with a, an unnamed man but just like you gotta have a you gotta have a baby now that, i don't know i don't understand what's happening i don't understand that's fine whatever yeah i'm not sure uh there's like a lot of moving pieces here right the whole beat of like there's you know there's it's just too many straws on the camel's back for me ultimately where she's like oh i don't know she hasn't slept in her bed but she'll call whatever you know who cares like she'll get in touch when she needs to and rowan being concerned and like get out of here why do you even care where you don't even want to be part of this anonymous family you know uh yeah just yeah, I don't know. There's a lot right. of moving pieces here, Chris. Yeah. All right, so we're back in uh, in Scotland, and uh, Cyprian's going to hear the voice of Arjuna, this uh, other Talamasca uh, person who 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 saved him previously and uh, was with him when he went into the memory. She's trying to wake him up, but she's basically going to explain that like you've lost the necklace, you need to find the necklace to be able to get back. Uh, that. I mean, this is about story uh, beats. This is how you do storytelling. Yeah. Now Cyprian has a thing he needs to find. That's perfectly great. That makes sense. Find the necklace. It does. Get back. Gave him a goal. Yeah. 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 Um, so Rowan is going to talk about these men who who stole Deirdre's heart. Again, people are not super concerned about anybody having somebody's actual human heart. 
<laughs> I know. It's fine. Heart. And this is where I sorry, I was getting my scenes. This is where there's like all of these women, all the people at like uh uh Tessa's house. And I'm like, yeah, who are who who are all these people? There's gonna be a moment later where she's gonna group chat. Like I found them, and it's a full-on group chat with all of these women, which means there's a moment in this episode where they stomp down and exchange telephone numbers so they can text to make a group chat. Yeah, they say it before they leave. Make sure if you find them that you text the thread. But also I'm really confused because they go through this whole ritual here with like this was cool. Like for as many like um gnarly and unpleasant things as I'm saying about this show. This is a really talking cool about scene. the blood the blood ceremony the like the tracking of the blood. Yeah, okay. which doesn't I, happen for a minute yet. No, right? that's okay. I mean, all we get between that is uh, Cyprian finds um uh, uh not Suzanne, the daughter uh, uh, her sister, I'm not sure, takes him to to the house. So we get that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. then we get the ceremony. Okay, I agree with you. I thought this was the coolest magic we've seen in the show, which yeah. is that this guy like puts this water over a map. He like cuts his hand. His blood goes in, and because it, it it's no, it's not his blood. It's somebody else's blood. He can like contort it to see where it would be because mm-hmm. he's like connected by blood. There's too many Mayfair, so he can't do it. So he's like, so then Rowan's like, actually, what about Deirdre's heart? Because I'm connected to Deirdre. I'm a direct relative. Let's. Which why wouldn't that work with Alicia? I whatever. I don't know. I don't know. But doesn't matter. Okay, I agree with you. The magic is so cool. How come on Mayfair Witches, it's not the witches doing the coolest magic on the show? We brought in some random dude. We got this guy, Brando guy, which was very, it stood out to me that one of the few like men that's in this space is the one that's actually going to do the magic. It feels like a huge <laughs> so annoyed, Rich. It's like they all have unique, pa- the whole, we've set up in the last episode, they all have unique powers. Mm-hmm. She has like glamour power. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jojo sees visions. Have one of them. Do blood location, GPS services. Yeah. Don't, don't have it be the random man. Like He gets used by the FBI, actually. Like, what what I appreciate so about it was the way that they're like incorporating modern stuff. I love that they have like the Corningware pot and like uh-huh. all of this. I, I really enjoy like the, the like it's a very traditional idea, but it's done in like a new and creative and innovative way. But I'm very much with you. I flagged that like, why do we have the guy doing this? Why is there even a guy in this room why are there any men in this scene like what is Uh, the point here we've like made a whole big point of like the matriarchy right Cortland Uncle Cortland is like the man being like a real anomaly and and what's going on there but I feel you Grace it's to me it's emblematic of like the show right it's exactly what you keep saying of like this is a really cool idea and it's actually like a pretty good execution that they come up with but then they just like miss on this one really huge and over idea when they're like swinging for the ball finally it's like what are you guys doing what is this okay i thought that like part of the show like you know these are just the expectations i had but like okay this woman you know like uh the hero's journey she's gonna get like swooped in and she's gonna learn magic and i just feel like the more that they've done is like magic is way more common than you ever thought and it's just like there's a way to do that that also would be cool but they're just like not doing that either it's like you know they're like doing the worst of both of these things which is just just like well yeah we can't do that magic we hired jim from down the street he can do it and you're like wow i thought like the whole point was like magic is is women have magic and they do magic and that's why they're gonna be and I, so i have no idea of the rules of magic in this world whatsoever other than that like you might have it but it also now does not seem to be that you need to be a mayfair or directed from some line to do it now there are other people and like that is fine if the answer is like, oh, he's also from the strong bloodline that like has magic. But like, 
then explain that. But he's like, no, it's some dude. It's some dude who can do this. That's cool that's the trouble, right? It's like in a room of anonymous people, it doesn't need to be this guy right. for some reason, right. Right? right? Like there's no, there is no, like it's not like he's got a relationship or there's a character we're trying to highlight or foreshadow or build up. So if they're all just anonymous, like faceless people that are air quotes, like related to Rowan, part of the Mayfair, like coven, then like how come it's not one of the women? How come it's not one of the more prominent characters that we've engaged with and i would say grace like the answer is because this is an ability that they need to like throw away and we don't want to use again nobody can have it again solve all these issues so we just make it this guy so he could like vanish we'll be like what about that guy no he got hit by a taxi sorry you know like probably gonna probably gonna die actually a lot of people show up on the show just to die yeah i mean that's like what it feels like and that's part of the issue right where i keep like talking about i'm not connected to these folks like you could kill the whole room full of these people and they're just extras to me still like there's no impact there and i should be concerned about their well-being as they're driving to like you know the the incel warehouse with the witch burning happening you know yeah um dolly jean who's like sort of the one the woman who's been leading some of this does note that rowan is pregnant and tells Cortland, which i feel like is a no-no <laughs> do not reveal the pregnancy of uh, of another woman and then Cortland's just like leans over like so uh you contacted lasher you got you lasher coming or what it's like you probably should contact lasher this is pretty bad uh she's like no i don't i'm not connected to lasher anymore uh and the big theme of this episode is lasher not pick up he's ghosting everybody tessa mm-hmm. and 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 rowan yeah He's in the DMs with Cyprian. Yeah, I mean, he's oh, back. <laughs> he's back in the 1600s. Cyprian, yeah. come on. Um, Cyprian will meet Suzanne and notice that she has the key on. So uh, he can find, he goes to, 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 to grab it. And yeah, um, but Lasher will show up to interrupt this party. Uh, the Cyprian Lasher conversation. This to me was like one of the more interesting parts because to me, like both these characters clearly uh, adversaries, they're like opposed for whatever uh, motivations they have. And ultimately, like I feel like neither of them has been like deeply developed to the extent that I wanted, right? I want more understanding of Lasher, of like what he is, what his motivations are, all the kind of mystery there. And so this felt interesting, but uh, I'm not like necessarily sure of where it went. It just felt like a, a like, I appreciate the confrontation and Lasher being like, dude, I do what she wants, you know, like, like which one is the marionette and which one's the puppet. This is an interesting question for Remember me. When they said that a few episodes more. ago, they were like, this is going to be the major theme of the rest of the episodes. And I was like, Oh yeah, here it is for one mm-hmm. moment in this mm-hmm. episode, which I do think is interesting because he like uh Cyprian's like, like you only like, you're only with her because she makes your magic more powerful. And he's like, yeah, absolutely. That's true. Like, yeah, that mm-hmm. is true. But also like I make her stronger too. So it's win-win for both of us and it's mm-hmm. all good, man. Like stay out of it. Yeah. I did think it was like fine and interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The symbiotic relationship. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I found it like, at least uh, I appreciate getting some like clarity here on Lasher's motivations. I feel like they're trying to do the jaws thing where like, they don't want to show too much of him to sustain his kind of intimidation and his fright, this like shadow kind of looming over the show. But to a degree you can lose power doing that too. Right. If there's not enough, like kind of clarified about the actual danger that he poses, like we understand why jaws is dangerous. You get in the water, he will eat you. Right. Uh, so yeah. I want some like better understanding of like what this guy is doing beneath the surface and this at least helped a little bit that way well yeah see i i've said the same thing that i feel like like it all you can't put everything behind the curtain or yes i'm just watching a curtain for the entire play you know uh so 
Um, I feel like I, I need I need more. Like you can put the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain, but that's about it. Um, and so I need more for everybody. And and I feel like what I'm saying about what I said earlier about like why I'm excited kind of for the finale is I do feel like to it to a degree. What I'm really, really hoping for, and I might be totally wrong, is that the curtain's going to get open pretty wide. Is my, at least that's my hope for the finale that like it will become super clear what everybody's doing, why it's the third, why she's like it's important that she's the thirteenth, right? We get a, we, a prophecy gets named this mm-hmm. episode, Rich. But part of my like issue is that there's like so there's been so much behind the curtain, and what I think shows that are more mystery based. I don't think this is like super mystery. It doesn't feel like it should be a mystery based show, but they have made it that way. But a show like Severance or uh, whatever else you want to say, the things that were so good about those shows is every ep- like it almost like every episode they would answer some of your questions and raise new questions. And oh this show, yeah, this show only feels like it's continuing to sort of ask more questions, or at least the like scales of balance are like way more that like we've asked so many questions, given so few answers, and we're we're just keep piling on uh, uh, the questions like the prophecy this episode that I'm like, okay, yeah, that I, you know, okay, I heard the word prophecy, yeah, my ears tingle, but I'm like, I already have so much stuff to figure out before next episode, and I I'm a little bit worried that they're not going to be able to deliver on like as much as I feel like they need to unveil next episode while also telling like an effective story that also looks good and has acted well and all of that stuff so yeah i mean you and i are hanging out with ariel every week talking about dark grace and there's right. not a better right. mystery show to like unpack right uh if you want to hear a side uh grace and i talk about a show we really love yeah um, that's right <laughs> and you can stop in and listen yeah. to us talk about dark but it's exactly that it's precisely what you're talking about when you're running a mystery box show like that every episode needs to deliver some sense of satisfaction right some part of the viewer's engagement week to week and turning every episode on is the desire to get answers it's exactly what you're talking about you want to understand this puzzle that's being presented in front of you and good mystery box shows execute on that something like dark like flawlessly executes on it right and then i think you start running into a lot of other tv i felt it very much with the rings of power uh which i covered this year grace which has no business this is like a grand epic genre fantasy show and they wanted to play with some mysteries and kind of evolved it into half of a mystery box show. Now, this is obviously like born out of Anne Rice's source material and I know her writing well enough having not read this book to imagine a lot of these questions exist within the text, right? There's a lot of like playing Mm -hmm. with the answers, but but that's part of the process of adaptation is that you have to really um, when we talk about why things get changed and when they get changed for the better, you have to understand the distinction between here's a 43 minute compartmentalized episode that I am going to like fire out into the television airwaves and like you can consume this week and literally you cannot read beyond this right if we if a book comes out tomorrow we can all go out and buy it and read it at our own pace it's up to me if I want to stay up an extra hour and read the next chapter right so the Mm -hmm. way that you dole that information out is so much different and I feel like there's a little lost in translation happening here where the questions have just piled up and yeah there's that sentiment as we close in on the end of like, gosh, I hope that they answer enough of these things to leave me really fired up about season two. But also like this is a big pile of questions sitting here behind me. And it, it feels very unlikely. Uh, you say it all the time, Grace, let the show tell you what it is in seven episodes. Like Mayfair has told us, like they're probably not going to answer a lot of these questions. I know. I know <laughs> we need I to know. like be okay with like the yeah. fact that this is the way they attack their information. Right. Uh, yeah. 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 
Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So uh, what'd you make of, uh, so they're going to like divide and conquer. They're going to split up. Mm -hmm. JoJo's like in charge here. And as they go to leave, like Cortland kind of threatens, threatens or like tells JoJo like, hey, like you you need to bring in Lasher. Like for real. And Rowan stares him in the eye uh, and like starts to use some of her magic on Mm -hmm. him. And Mm -hmm. it kind of freaks JoJo. She's like, what happened there? don't worry about it. Like, you just stay with him? He, he needs you. And she leaves. It's really ruthless uh, here. What'd you make of like this, this side of Rowan that I feel like we did see very early on and has been, been not there. I feel like uh, throughout the, the middle portions of this, of the show. Yeah. One thing I think that the show did early on pretty well is give us a good uh, perspective of like Rowan's viewpoint, right? Uh, where I keep like talking about all these characters that were not invested in Rowan, at least we understand pretty well. And um, gosh, she she's a little all over the place. And like there is a sharp edge. There's there are like sharp corners to this woman to the extent that like she is not here to be pushed around. And she's been so out of her element and, and yeah. untethered since she came to New Orleans. Orleans and had all of the series of revelations that now she's able to like find her conviction a little bit like she doesn't necessarily know where she's going where she'll end up but she knows very firmly that she wants to go find Tessa and, like all these other people are just getting in the way right yeah. like Cortland actually finally like emerging a little bit as a dangerous kind of antagonist uh, I appreciate like seeing an edge on Rowan like I feel like you showed me so clearly in the beginning that like this woman will 
will come for you hard in yeah. ways that she can't even necessarily like consciously own or acknowledge yeah. to herself. Mm -hmm. And so when she keeps being pushed and pushed and pushed and she's been acquiescing for episodes here, I like appreciated seeing her like push back. Uh, it felt to me like, okay, we're resonating on the character you sold me in the first two episodes of this thing. Yeah. So there's a scene with um, Tessa is is she's tied up on this on like the platform and she's going to plead with this woman. She's like, can you please let me go? And the woman's like, no, my my husband used to work for Mayfair Auto Parts until you all outsourced it and left him with no job and health insurance. And then my daughter had chemotherapy uh, and, and had chemotherapy at Mayfair Hospital, which you profited from. Uh, she's like, so, no, I'm going to leave you here to die. And I'm like. Wow, there's interesting stuff here that has never come up previously. <laughs> that the mm -hmm, Mayfairs mm -hmm. are like not only like they are like powerful, but this is the first time we're ever getting like they have bad PR in town, mm -hmm. right? Like uh, I guess like the guy has been like on the Mayfair, like he definitely thinks the Mayfairs are witches, but like even in this example, she's being like, no, it's all money. It's not like magic, right? Like it's not like I think that like you like it's it, you know because the, the group the group here is like. So now there's like conflicting reasons why they all hate the Mayfairs, which is one yeah. hates them because it's economic and one hates them because they think they're magic witches who ruin their lives. So I'm like, I don't know it, if it could have like sung together maybe a little bit sooner. I'm I'm fine with this. Like, oh, the Mayfairs actually like people have distrust of the Mayfairs and all this stuff. And like, I feel like better reasons for this woman to like distrust them um, might have been stronger than just like. Because like this, this doesn't paint the Mayfairs very good. You know? I, I gotta but, say, Grace, anyway. I think this scene felt to me. I was deeply frustrated by a lot of the stuff involving like this whole arc, but it felt to me like them trying to have their cake and eat it too. Where they're yeah. like, okay, we have a group of radical witch hunters in the modern day. We yeah. have not conveyed to you really any of their motivation or like why they believe it, except that witches are bad. Okay. Uh, that's bad. all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. But then, like, rather than convey any of that. Or give us any kind of anecdote here from this woman about like, well, actually, you know, when I was a teenager, this terrible thing happened because magic and Mayfair witches. Now they want to split the difference and make it a social issue and a class yeah. issue, which yeah. is very topical uh, as we find ourselves in a more like divisive kind of political climate than we ever have before. And that can resonate. But also like. What about the whole other motivation here? You're about to burn this woman alive in a building that assuredly is going to catch fire after the gallons of gasoline that you have poured all over the place. Like this is going to be a major catastrophe. It's going to be like, such, and you're just like full on board with like, not just murder grace, but like a ruthless, excruciating, like torturous killing Exe of execution. A teenage, yeah. Of a teenage girl who has nothing to do with any of like your angst about the like systemic wealth that this family has inherited and all this kind of stuff. And it just was like, okay, now rather than justify the viewpoint that you have like attached to this group, uh, you're just going to throw another viewpoint in there and be like, actually, it's it's a little bit of like a motley crew, you know, it's an assortment of kind of haters. <laughs> They're all here for different reasons. Like it just lost me here, Grace. I, I very much was like, I, I see what they're trying to do, but it it's not working at all. It felt like they hired this woman, Carrie Cahill, to be in the scene. Right. And they're like, why would she, why actually would she be mad at them? Right. Like, I don't know. Make something up. And they're like, okay, all right. Instead of like playing on the themes of which we've been playing with, which like, yeah, I feel like it's like 
could be like you know uh, people ask me sometimes about like uh you know but when i'm like uh you know oh that piece of media is problematic whatever like don't don't mm-hmm. you you think people shouldn't watch that stuff it's like no i actually think people should watch that stuff and 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 to the point of like when we have themes and motivations that are like hard to talk about like in this thing like these are like incel type who are like women are ruining the world the the, the with these wayfair witches like it's like that's the analogy they're going for yeah um and like that's fine as long as they're like the bad guys. And now there's this like <laughs> member of their group who's like, oh, it's actually because like the Mayfairs don't like are rich and don't support us. So I'm like, is that the story we've been telling the whole time? I, I mean, I, I, I don't feel like that's the story we've been telling the whole time. Uh, so anyway, whatever. Yeah, it just uh, to your point, it, it's like a dilution of their theme, right? right. Like there, there's right. this theme that we're exploring in the show about like what, what if women had literal power that was like beyond this, this is a big theme in the wheel of time with like the eyes right. to die and the kind of right. gender dynamics and all this right. kind of stuff. I love these ideas, uh, but they're, they keep adding in all these extra ingredients to the point that we have like this messy kind of hodgepodge and, and they're diluting the flavor of what they're trying to do. Right. Uh, yeah. It, it's just like, you know, too much stuff crammed into the bag. So Cyprian's going to figure out that he is in Lasher's dream. He'll like make some sort of tea potion-y thing and he'll, and he'll wake up. He actually didn't need the key. Supreme all. confusion again. Like they give us the solution. You need the thing. You need to get the key, Cyprian. And actually, what you need to do is make, make a witchcraft potion that like, did it kill him? Is that what happened? Was he like playing to uh, what Lasher was saying? If you die here, do you die there? Is that the revelation? He, Cyprian clearly knew knows something about this root where he's like this herb excellent but we know nothing about it and have no understanding of what's actually happening here it's all speculation and conjecture again like behind the curtain and it's just like gosh guys like what are what's happening you said earlier you were like you like uh, tongue-in-cheek you're like i don't mean to be like this is how to do storytelling but uh, to a degree we watch a lot of TV and there's a reason why like tropes and like things that are often done are used. It's because they often work and it's like very hard to like subvert story. There is a world in which like you can tell the story of like, you need to get the key. And then there's a reason why you don't need the key. But Taryn was talking previously on a, on a, on a last of us episode. He was talking about mm-hmm. Brandon Sanderson, rich mm-hmm. and Brandon Sanderson. He wrote this book. Uh, Brandon I don't know Sanderson, which... notably very prolific, modern fantasy fiction author. Maybe the uh, biggest at the time. Yeah. Broke, he's he broke about as big as it gets. Or, whatever, or Kickstarter. Yes. Yeah. So he wrote this book and when he was getting people to read it and they were testing it, testing mm-hmm. the, the idea was that there was a group of people who are trying to get to city a, but they accidentally, without realizing it, go to City B. And when people read the book, they were like, this is so annoying. I hate this part where they're supposed to go to City A and they actually end up in City B. It's so stupid. So he changed one thing. He had one character have a prophecy where we don't need to go to City A. We actually need to go to City B. People loved it. They're like, great. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is that like, there is a degree at which like you have to let your audience in on the goals and what people are trying to accomplish and what they're trying to do. And so in this episode, it's like, Cyprian, you got to get the key. And then he doesn't need to get the key. And it's like, I feel like that's so stupid. Like just tell, figure out some way. I don't, I don't care if he needs to get the key or not. What I care is feeling like you didn't explain it well enough to me that like the actual answer is something different. 
And there are ways to like, you can still get there that like he drinks the herb. You just have to include something at some point along the way that tells me why does the herb work and why the key doesn't. You could have set this up way earlier. There's a literal scene where someone goes down and looks at herbs and Cipri uh, not Cipri, and Lasher's like, lettuce won't help you down here. Like yep. there's a whole moment where you could do something where you're like, yep. actually this herb wakes you up for memories and it would feel really silly at the time, but <laughs> way later it would work. And they've just done none of that unless I missed it and I'm an idiot. So I don't think you, know. you have. We're watching pretty closely. I, just a total tangent here similarly, but um, I was talking to you offline, Grace. I've been like going yeah. going back through Quentin Tarantino's kind of filmography. Uh -huh. And this is a guy who's like very good at tension, at managing tension in yeah. dynamics. Whether you love Tarantino movies or you hate them, I think mm -hmm. that this can be accepted, right? And in kind of my like study of his writing and the way that he plays with tension and the way that he uh, plays with expectations, that led me further down the rabbit hole of like cinematic greats, Grace, to the great Alfred Hitchcock, who talks about suspense and tension and how you achieve these things in a film scene. The notion that like you could have two people sitting at a table drinking a cup of coffee and there's a bomb underneath the table and the bomb goes off suddenly. They drink the coffee. They're having the conversation. The bomb goes off and the audience yeah. will be shocked and you get that 10 seconds of like, oh my God, right? But the real way to create suspense and to build narrative and to sustain tension of which it, Tarantino is a master of is to tell the audience before the two people sit down at the table there's the a bomb, bomb under the table. table. You show us the bomb so that as the two people sit there drinking coffee, talking about the recent Tarantino movie that they just saw and loved, you understand that their priorities are entirely in the wrong place. It is empowering to the viewer to feel like your intelligence is relevant. Your deductive right. analysis is relevant. That you investing the most precious commodity you have as a human being, your time in this activity of watching this program this movie this story whatever it is you're going to be rewarded for your investment in that and that you're paying attention to the details is going to lead you to answers and revelations you feel good about the prophecy because now we can be like we knew it we knew it the second that prophecy well, came up we knew they were never going to city a right in uh, this episode though it's like it's like uh, there's part of that you want you like you want to be immersed in the show and and, yeah. and you're like how would i yeah how would i get the key how would i get the key it's like you don't need the key idiot you need to drink the witch brew and you're yeah, like how would i know that the lettuce that we have not paid any attention to at all recently it's it's really interesting yeah. um because it feels so obvious in in retrospect right like yeah. you can subvert expectations and you can subvert the Agreed. tropes of storytelling but Agreed. you have to be really good to be able to do that well right sometimes yeah. people like miss the forest for the trees and they they get hung up on the subversion but they forget to actually like execute on the big story theme that they're yeah. trying to subvert and they can yeah. like cut their own legs out from underneath them right yeah um i will remind folks this is an episode i actually did like yeah we like this one <laughs> yeah um okay cyprian's alive uh Cortland calls albrecht to tell him ask him he's like hey rowan's pregnant and just albrecht is like okay cool take care of it uh and he name drops <laughs> the knights of the brotherhood uh uh might have met and, and maybe they're onto this whole thing okay all right are the okay. knights of the brotherhood the incels in the warehouse that's kind of what i inferred <laughs> I, I, I don't know i don't know i guess i don't know doesn't matter whatever cyprian tells albrecht he's worried about rowan they're like he's like cool let's drive together and he drives off he drives very slowly and then pulls over <laughs> at the bridge and he's like don't worry about it. He throws his keys in the river. He's like, <laughs> don't worry. The prophecy is going to happen. So don't worry, brother. We're all good. 
Like, okay, all right. He got in trouble. Cyprian is like a National Geographic documentarian. Like, you cannot interfere. You can only watch, watch from behind the camera. You cannot interfere in the natural course of the Bayfair Witches activity. You are too invested. Uh, you know, storytelling tropes. Um, this one's like tried and true. But God, this pissed me off, Grace. Uh, actually, uh, he even he's hypocritical himself. He says uh, we are supposed to watch to see how these people uh, shape the world. Unless there is a time in which it becomes necessary, <laughs> it's like I, I kind of like I'm, I'm like kind of fine with it because I think that like it's fine for the if this is the bad guy if he's the bad guy if Albrecht mm -hmm. is like Albrecht Al, Albrecht is Telemasca is supposed to be hypocritical like that's that's fine to me I don't mind it but it is funny that he's like he's like we can't do anything ever unless we need to in which we can but not right now we can't do anything now and he's like Sippers like but we have to do something right now it's like no we just gotta watch so. I mean, I do think part of what is really compelling for Anne Rice to write about, given like the material that I've taken in of hers, is the ambiguity of things, right? The simultaneous, like you could be good and bad at the same time. You can have good intentions and do bad things. You could have bad intentions and do good things. We see it explored in great depth with characters like Lestat in interview, right? And the yeah. kind of like simultaneous existing within light and dark. So the idea of the Talamasca being like not altogether altruistic organization is really compelling like go back to those early episodes that we recorded and i was like talamasca baby i want more like that this is intriguing to me but the scene just frustrated me because it felt like okay here we go you know like we're just going to do more stuff to make sure that cypriot and rowan cannot be in a scene anymore together because like they consummated their relationship there's a baby that's it now you just need to like not be near her so we can like sustain tension and it just feels like uh it feels artificial right i, I didn't like the execution here i would have appreciated it yeah. probably earlier uh, i think if we like agreed. tread this ground quicker i'm not as like put off by it maybe no i totally agree i mean uh the dennis butzakaris if he had if he turns out to be the big bad of this this like, season i mean like lasher is the big bad but like if dennis butzakaris is a a bad guy in the show i'm like great He's do it sooner actor. I don't yeah. know what it is about him, Grace, but he's got that like familiarity of like, I just love this guy. I love watching I love him too. on TV. Yeah. I love him too. Um, yeah. okay, so Rowan gets to the warehouse, drops the pin in the in the group chat. It's like, okay, come on. She waits outside and then here's Tessa's stream, so she runs inside. Can and I ask about this question? I like talk uh -huh. myself away from this later, but they do uh -huh. the whole ritual with the corning where they get the blood spot, they like map it out, uh -huh. which also like bad look to they like, just have a general location, not a specific location. Oh, they do. It's a big they should have got a more detailed map. <laughs> I just was like, wait it's a, a big... minute, like you guys all are going to exactly the same place. Like, why is it that everybody is driving in separate directions? They're no, like right it... over the bridge at this spot. Uh, but like like, is so that I'll defend that the thing? show. Yeah, I'll defend that. It's a, it's a. They, they talk about how they. Ha okay, we we'll have to search that area. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That I could maybe could have been big, more clear, but yeah, it's a big blood spot on the map and encompasses like a couple of city blocks or whatever. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. 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 Um. So Rowan heads inside. She, I thought this was actually good. She kills everybody with her powers. This is pretty. She I does mean, almost everybody. She kills two of them. Uh. Lets one guy run. And then, and then the last girl shoots her before she kills him. Is it just three of them? Is there three of them? Or is there, f no, there's another guy she kills too. Yeah. So she kills yes. three people though. She does get shot The She lets the, the main guy go, not the main guy, but like the guy that we've known the longest who stole yeah, the heart. Our creepy guy. Yeah. The heart stealer. She's going to help uh, Tessa. Tessa's going to be like, here, this is yours. Give the neck. Like Lasher's not answering me. So clearly this didn't work. 
And as she's taking off, Tessa gets shot by the guy who just ran away. Uh, and, and then and then she puts on the necklace. Left yeah. in the gun. That's Even right. We've only fired shot one shot. One really. shot. <laughs> yeah. And then and then Rowan puts a necklace on and does the incantation to call Asher to her. And that's where they end the episode. She um, does a really mad incantation. That's a that's a very angry incantation. Uh yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, I appreciate where we get you by the end. This just felt like, I don't know, a little bit clunky, you know, the way it was kind of shot and like the timing, the urgency of it. She's kind of like just standing there as this woman is like going for the gun and like the whole thing. The like like the dude, our creepy heartthrob returning at the end, grabbing the gun. He shoots Tessa and then like the bullets out of ammo. And I'm a little yeah. bit like, how does that happen? <laughs> uh, well, there's a thing. I, I was not thinking that like Tessa was going to die. And you were like, Tessa's going to die at the end of last episode. And then I was reading like some articles. They're like, yeah, Tessa's going to die. And she's so like, okay, Tessa's going to die. We get a little long time to get to Tessa dies. Mm-hmm, <laughs> at the end of the episode. Uh, I mean, I just think, I think there's a pacing issue with the show in which I think like if they had condensed a lot of this stuff into like, I sh- and again, this is my thing of like, I do feel like we're getting to some interesting stuff. I feel like there's a lot of stuff on the board for next week's episode that is actually kind of compelling to me. And yet, like, I'm like, that this feels like the whole this should be the whole season is like what we're about to get rather than like we're about to run through it in one episode um so yeah Tess is dead i think so i'm with you i felt like i mean uh, as much as like i'm being very critical of this episode i do appreciate that tessa dies because they subverted my expectations effectively here i come into the episode like oh tess is dead right and then i'm like oh maybe she's gonna glamour herself out of the cage and this will be interesting and it's actually tessa like trying to escape and there's a chase and it muddies the waters a little bit that could be interesting that's not what we get but then rowan shows up and it's like oh wait rowan is now going to like fully um like accept her powers she's gonna unleash violence upon these people and tessa will yeah. live and it will be this mirror right another like theme we've seen in storytelling before every time she looks at tessa she has to remember all this terrible stuff that she did and tessa can then kind of like goad her on so i'm like oh great tessa can live like this is awesome tessa has purpose and it's a character i'm like now invested in after an hour of watching her in like the dog cage like pleading for her life i want her to live i care about tessa his fate right and then i'm like rowan's laying on the floor shot and i'm like oh tessa's dead i was so wrong right <laughs> so in this way like uh-huh. they got me they did uh-huh. achieve the like emotional roller coaster at the end here and i was ultimately like fine with the way that it played out of tessa night there's just these like mechanical aspects to the way that it's shot the kind of urgency of the pacing like it kind of feels like rowan just walks in and like stands there for a minute like posturing before she starts killing people you know that like the whole like I don't know Grace I light a lot of bonfires I own all this acreage I've mm-hmm. burned piles of pallets before like mm-hmm. you soak gasoline on a pile of pallets like that like it does not very casually slowly kind of burn where you have time to like stand there like unstrap and I get like TV devices all of it I get it like yeah. I'm generally so glass half full and looking for a charitable read but by the end of like 45 minutes of this I think I just was hate watching a little bit Grace and I was just like Rah! Why don't they all have the GPS locations? Why aren't there enough bullets in the gun? I I, I said that I am excited for next episode. I guess I'm also like, as I'm trying to think, like, what is the, what's the like, what's the like uh, thing about next episode, which is like, 
Rowan's going to confront Lasher that that he never left her and that they're bound. But like everybody else in the story is like, don't do anything. Every, all the other mm-hmm. pieces of the board are like, leave it alone. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. So what? How do you know? There's not really like. I feel like we need like Rowan on the run at the end of it, but like just not not really. Just like I don't know. Anyway, I mean, whatever. I have to imagine it ends in some situation of Cyprian and Rowan reunited. She's going to be like, "Oh my god, I'm pregnant with your baby, but maybe it belongs to the weird demon creature that's been haunting my family." Yeah. He's going to be like, "Yo, we can't trust a Talamasca." I, I only hate when family. you have to have that conversation. I do. Yeah, it's it. a tough it's one. It's tricky. It's never yeah. been an easy one for me. Certainly. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, Cyprian's going to very much like with the revelation of like the only family I've ever known, the Talamasca. We can't trust them. We're on our our own it's you and me versus the world kid uh and like i don't know somehow we'll end up with that as like the resolution of the two of them like holding up in lestat's old house on bourbon street you know all right sure let's do it one more episode <laughs> to go i and again i was like i actually like this i was like this is actually like totally fine i like the and i often like the ends of the episode like because by the time we get to uh cyprian's alive and then albrecht is like Gaia, like Cortland calls Albrecht. I'm like, I pretty much like the end of the episode, pretty much. It, I don't know. So, you know, uh, like, yeah, is it silly? Like, yeah, it's silly, but like, you know, yeah, I, I mean, very much like the true blood vibes. Like, I appreciated a lot of like what we were getting here of like the campiness. I could take it at surface value. And I'm certainly not here to yuck anybody's yums. For folks that are like loving Mayfair Witches, if you've listened to Grace and I for 50 minutes at this yeah, point, like, God. man, I'm know. super happy yeah. for you. Yeah. <laughs> like, please, I, I mean to yeah. like cast no judgment on anybody that's like just thanks loving for, all of this. Thanks for yeah. keeping listening. I don't know why yeah. you have been. If you, if I you appreciate like, you. Yeah, yeah, I really appreciate you. Yeah. And for real, right? in if you're like uh yeah yeah if you if you like it i want to know yeah i'm happy i will read your takes on the podcast if you're like i love this show so i would love to see the counterpoints you know and like what people are loving about it because um it is renewed for season two we're gonna be getting more uh and so yeah some folks out there are certainly digging it to some degree yes uh all right i think that's our recap of episode seven tessa uh, rich in the meantime what else you got going on uh, all kinds of stuff, Grace. I'm talking about Dark with you and Ariel every week, which is an absolute delight. We are getting ready for uh, to set sail in a galaxy far, far away as the Mandalorian prepares to return to our airwaves. Mm. So I got together with Mike and Brendan and Latanya, and we're firing up coverage there back in the Star Wars universe. I'm streaming D&D with you and a bunch of our friends over at twitch.tv slash DM Philly. You yep. can go give me a follow and subscriptions over there. Always appreciate it. If and you're watching... Course- oh, wait, where is no, it's on AMC. I was going to say that in Can- okay, if you're a Canadian who's listening to this and you're you're watching Mayfair Witches through your Amazon Prime account, which is how I'm watching it, uh, you you get a free Twitch uh, follow and you could use it a subscription. What is it? A subscription. subscription. Yeah, and you could use it to subscribe to Rich and help Rich out. So that I was just thinking because I use Amazon Prime, but that's only in Canada, I think. So, uh, so no, it's Canadian, everywhere. Yeah, it's everywhere. You can All watch. The- okay. No, no, oh, I, no, Mayfair you can't Witches. watch Mayfair Witches everywhere with your Amazon Prime. But <laughs> if you have an Amazon Prime account, then you can freely subscribe. It will cost you no money. And you can yeah. give me five dollars of that subscription yeah. every month. Yeah. And I can use it because this is how I, uh, you know, put yeah. food on my table. Grace, yeah. uh, we did finish our new series, PSRPGs, the new podcast that I'm doing for running. series. 
Uh, Yes, we've running one shot adventures in the worlds of the shows we're covering. So the first series of uh, one shot adventure that I ran with you and Marissa Garza and Taylor Ball in the world of Willow is completed. Chapter three of three is out. We will be returning in a couple of weeks with our second series of PSRPGs uh, where we will be playing in the world of The Last of Us and a little bit of post-apocalyptic survival. I'm very excited for that. But uh, postshowrecaps.com slash RPGs is the RSS feed for that. Yes, uh, so fun. Uh, I'm covering The Last of Us uh, with Mike Bloom on the recap, Taryn on the uh, video game club. AJ Norris joined us last week uh, or this week. It was very fun. Uh, also covering Poker Face with Ariel as well as uh, movies each week with Ariel. We'll be covering Cocaine Bear this week. Uh, we covered <laughs> Batman and the Wasp Quantumania and then Cocaine Bear. So it should be very fun. Uh, and if uh, uh, you missed uh, our JP game night, we played Sushi Go on Monday, February 20th. You can catch the replays on Twitch and YouTube. And we'll, never, we'll have another episode sometime in March. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Hi From Grace. We'll be back next week with the episode uh, 8 recap, the season finale of Mayfair Witches. Until next time, double double, boil and trouble. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.